It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Well, if you like drama, the Reds and the Pirates produced some. But if you like good baseball, well, that's another conversation. On today's podcast, we have a crossover for you. Reds, Pirates, the Reds took two out of three. I'm going to tell you why. Sure, that's cool. And we are going to look at some future stars, future stalwarts, future consistent starters, have you? of this rivalry in a couple of years. That's all on today's Locked On crossover for the Reds and Pirates. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making us your first listen because we're free and available on all platforms every day. With me today, I'm Jeff Carr, host of the Locked On Reds podcast. I'm a lifelong addict of the Cincinnati Reds for better or for worse. And I've turned that addiction into information for you. And alongside me here today, Ethan Smith. And let's be honest, Ethan, if, if the pirates wore red, it'd be hard to tell which team's which. <laughs> uh, yeah, honestly, if uh, one, if they honestly switched jerseys, I don't think people would really be able to tell the difference. I'm going to no. be honest. Uh, as most of the viewers on YouTube can see, I already have the Steelers logo on, uh, on the hat, uh, which is funny because I believe if I'm not, mistaken that this may be the last time that these teams played except i think they play a couple no, more times two more series yeah. oh well never mind so i just can't escape jeff carr uh the especially one... <laughs> after the season ends because we know we know that these teams aren't making the playoffs we still have to deal with the steelers and the Bengals playing each other yeah week one yeah, week one there. in Cincinnati in whatever they named their stadium because both teams, like the Reds and Pirates being so alike, <laughs> decided to change their name of their stadiums right. this offseason. Uh, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> as you said, to start this off, I mean, the series had drama. But again, if you want to watch better baseball, watch the Little League World Series. They're, right. they're playing better baseball than whatever was going on here. I really 
couldn't even bring it up. I'll be honest with you. I turned the game Saturday off by like the fifth inning. I was like, I don't need to watch this anymore. Michael Chavis hitting a walk-off was cool, but that was about it. Well, and, and that's the thing. Like this series was just about a lack of pitching. And sure, there were a couple of times where you're like, okay, the fielding probably could have been better right there. But at the end of the day, so many just awful pitches were left over the plate. Guys were clobbering stuff. And, and you know, hats off to the guys who took advantage of it. We saw some good games from a couple of guys on the Reds lineup, good games from a couple of guys in the Pirates lineup. Let's start with that first. Who was your main dude when you're looking at the Pirates lineup that you were just like, okay, he had a good weekend. A good weekend. I mean, Michael Chavis has to be on there, but Mm -hmm. something I'm going to talk about on my episode tomorrow with Gary Morgan. So as you guys, Pirates listeners are seeing, I have Jeff today and not Gary today. Like I usually do. No, no, no rhyme or reason to it. It just happened. (laughs) But um, Kevin Newman, surprisingly a guy who a lot of Mm -hmm. people around the beginning of the year were saying, Hey, this guy's going to be out of here. Cruz is here, Marcano is here, all these guys. But defensively, the guy was a gold glove finalist last year. Now his his bat has come along really well. He had a good game on Friday, not a so good game on Saturday, and a good game again today where I believe he was 4 for, if I could do my math correctly, 4 for 13 on the weekend, which isn't bad. But when you're talking about a guy who was a gold glove finalist last year who's bringing that same defensive element back this year, from coming off of injury and batting 278. That sounds a lot like what people want key Brian Hayes to do. Right. And, and no he's key Brian doing Hayes it. in this series. So yeah, that was, that was key for him. And, and, and there's something about Newman. I haven't like looked into this, probably something I'll look into for our next series, which by the way, the next series is in a couple of weeks at great American four games in three days. Thanks to a doubleheader on Tuesday. But um, I'm curious because I feel like Newman does stuff to the Reds. Like he just loves hitting against Reds pitching for the last couple of years. And I always find myself going, Newman. Yeah. I mean, he's one of those guys, uh, a lot like how um, Billy Hamilton was to the Pirates for a couple of years that he just tortured this franchise for whatever reason. Uh, also, don't ever forget, uh, there's a lot of guys in this division that used to torture both of our teams, like Ryan Braun was one of those guys that outside of the division, he was terrible. Inside the division, he was Barry Bonds 2.0. I don't know what it is with Kevin Newman, but also he is getting into arbitration territory this upcoming year. Mm -hmm. If it were up to me, I don't see what option you have to other than bring him back. I know some people want to say he's building his trade value, but this is the kind of guy you keep on the bench on a competitive baseball team that comes in and plays every couple days, that gives you a hit or two off the bench, that brings you some good defense at second base or shortstop, wherever he may be. That's how you start building the seeds of a winning team instead of just trading everybody away because, oh, they're having a good month of August or September. I have some thoughts about that word competitive. We'll, we'll talk about that here in a little bit. But from the red side of things, just to almost kind of continue with the sort of theme, Newman led off for the Pirates on Sunday. Jake Fraley. Jake Fraley absolutely loved his time at PNC Ballpark this weekend. He went. He was on base five times on Sunday. He hit a ball to the Allegheny River, and it was fair, so that's a home run. And there's so many other things that he got to do in this series that – 
he's starting to make me think because I kind of had him pegged as like a fourth outfielder moving forward, but he's now put together a good solid two, two and a half weeks of good performances. And again, two and a half weeks does not make a baseball season, but it's starting to make me wonder if fourth outfielder was unfair and maybe he could be part of the future of this team. Yeah. And I mean, you're playing Aristides Aquino in the outfield right now. Don't Jake, me. I mean, Fraley <laughs> is that guy where he could potentially be a supplemental third, fourth outfielder. I know a lot of teams now, and preferably I would love the Pirates to eventually get to this point. We'll have a guy that'll start for two or three days, and then they'll have another guy that'll start for two or three days. It's like a, outf- a third outfielder, but it's like 3A, 3B, depending on matchups. Apparently, PNC Park was the matchup for uh, for Fraley today. I mean, as you mentioned, not only does he get on base five times, but he also scored four of those five times and had three RBIs. The whole top of the Reds lineup really just played well. Donovitz Alano yeah. was three for five. Moustakis was two for five. Senzel was two for four. India was one for four. And if you also notice that three out of those five guys all scored runs, and that's why Cincinnati won this game. But I also saw you tweet that, the Cincinnati Reds had to make it at least a little interesting before yes, before Pirates fans could turn the channel off, which is funny when these two teams play because you want to turn it off, but then it's like a car crash. You really just don't want to look away. You're like, yeah. is something going to happen that's going – like, are we going to have another benches-clearing brawl between these teams? Probably not because most of these players that were on these two teams now were not on those teams of two years ago, shockingly. Right. So (laughs) rivalry, I think, still reigns true, but not in the sense of the way you would think about it. Yeah, rivalry in the sense of these two are division foes that, you know, they end up matching up quite a few times during out the, the, during the course of the season, not necessarily because they're going to go fight each other. But, no, you're right. The, the pitching made it interesting. Uh, Steve and I have been telling people if Mike Miner's on the mound, take the over. Period. I don't know what the over is going to be, but you take the over because no matter what sort of lead this dude is handed, and, and you know, kudos to him finally getting a win. <laughs> like he hadn't won since June. He was knocking on the door of Homer Bailey's franchise record of consecutive losses from a starting pitcher. If he'd have lost this game, you know, if he'd have been tagged for the loss of this game, then he'd have tied that record. And I don't normally talk about, you know, pitcher win loss records. They don't mean a whole lot to me, but it's things like that, that it's at least, you know, somewhat intriguing, but he was able to get the win simply because there were not enough guys on base whenever he left the game to be counted to his uh, record. And then you had Ian Jabot come in and just, he was throwing up bean balls there. It was, or bean balls, meatballs there. The guys were just absolutely killing. So uh, this, this bullpen, uh, it's been said before that the Reds bullpen is like bullpen roulette. And that's not just with the one guy that you pick. That's with every pitch that he throws. Just spin the chamber and see if you get a bullet or not. Because at this point, other than Alexis Diaz, who we did see in the ninth inning, it's really hard to pinpoint who else you can trust. Yeah, and the Pirates are starting to get to that point as well. I mean, we haven't seen David Bednar for nearly a month after his all-star appearance. Today, Is you he get, coming but back or no? I would prefer him not to. Uh, just at this point, what's really the point of having a closer on a 47 and 74 baseball team? Yeah, not a lot. Uh, but Colin Holderman, Ben Walos, and Cam View. Cam View was a call up from today. Uh, he was called up for Jose Godoy, who 
outside of Pittsburgh, probably nobody knows. Um, but anyways, same deal with the Pirates. I mean, you're looking at Will Crow, Holderman, Ben Walos, Cam View, um, Dylan Peters. It's it's a hodgepodge, as that was the word of the week last week for Pirates fans <laughs> after uh, Dennis Eckersley's comments. But same deal, and I think that's something that the Reds and the Pirates moving forward are going to have to deal with is they have good position players in their system, but where's the pitching and when does the pitching start to supplement an offense that might be able to score runs might being the strong <laughs> word in that, in that scenario. Yeah. You almost flip a coin each day. They're either going to score 10 or they're going to score one. I, I know that. I know that feeling. The Reds have gone through long stretches this year of doing just that. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about some dudes and just kind of get your quick snap opinion, especially on like the best pitcher, best hitter, things like that moving forward for the pirates. And I'm going to give uh, the reds take on that as well. But before we jump into that, Ethan, I got a question for you. Monday, the reds play the Phillies and the pirates play the Braves. So a little bit of NL central NL East action. Uh, who do you think has longer odds to win the pirates or the reds? Probably the Pirates, but for some reason, I feel like you're going to tell me the Reds. Believe it or not, it's the Reds. The Reds are plus 200. Now, a huge reason for that is they have Luis Sessa starting because it's going to be a bullpen day. Uh, and a bullpen wow. day in Philadelphia against Noah Syndergaard. Noah Syndergaard absolutely just shut down the Reds lineup the last time he faced him. Whereas you have Rowanzi Contreras against the Braves and Jake Odorizzi, who I... I I don't know that I know much about Jake Odorizzi other than the fact that they kind of got him for a little bit next to nothing at the trade deadline, but that Braves lineup is just going to be, I'm interested to see how Contreras matches up with them. But at the end of the day, I can see where the plus 178 home dog is for the pirates in this game because the, the Braves are pretty good. Well, yeah. And it doesn't get any easier for the pirates after that either. So yeah, I'll look forward to it. It's a tough stretch to be sure. And, and with the bullpen day for the Reds, I, I don't know. Looking back at that one more time. So you got over under eight and a half for the Braves and Pirates. You have over under nine for the Reds and Phillies. Phillies are on a tear. They came off a good weekend against the Mets too. This, this might be, this might be bad, but Hey, if you want to check out your next favorite bet, you go over to betonline.net right now, check it out. They've got all of the information on uh, major league baseball, uh, NFL futures. There's so much of that NBA. I'm pretty sure there's prop bets as to where Kevin Durant's going to end up. No idea there. We'll see what all happens with that. BetOnline.net's got you covered. Check it out today on your desktop or mobile device because BetOnline is where the game starts. Thanks again for checking out the Locked On Reds, Locked On Pirates post-series crossover as the famous Hall of Fame play-by-play -play announcer of the Reds used to say, the titanic struggle that was at PNC Ballpark this past weekend. Uh, we are free and available on all platforms, by the way. Thanks for making us your first listen. All right, Ethan, uh, looking at this team, looking at the Pirates moving forward, is the best pitcher because I don't think the Reds saw him because I think he's going to be on the mound here tonight against the Braves. Uh, did the Reds miss the Red, the Pirates' best pitcher? Yeah, because they didn't face – well, wait a minute. Hold on. Pause, please. Did Keller start on Friday? No, he did he? No, it was Bryce Wilson. Yeah, so that means you guys did not see Keller or Contreras, who I believe are one two on this rotation right now and will both be starting in this Brave series. Contreras, for some 
godforsaken reason was in AAA, and he was supposed to be supplementing his innings and on an innings count, yet he started four games and pitched more than five innings in all of those four games in AAA during his time there. I don't know why he was there. I don't know why he wasn't here. The Pirates have had the proverbial bullpen game. Two Reds fans, I'm going to warn you now, they don't usually go well, so enjoy yourselves. Just get a glass of whiskey and just watch the bullpen try to save themselves. <laughs> um, but I would say Keller and Contreras are right now the 1-2. They're like 1A, 1B. Keller especially has picked it up a lot since he added a sinker. If everybody remembers in the offseason, it was about that he was throwing 100 miles per hour. Now it's, oh, he has a sinker that he can actually locate instead of just throwing a ball as fast as he can into the zone every single time. <laughs> Contreras, on the other hand, he's learning still. He's still a very young guy. Service time manipulator, manipulatee, sorry, who's dealt with that stuff. So those two guys moving forward are one, two, but the Pirates do have some guys in the wings and the minors that you might get a small peek at in September, but I don't think it'll be on the level of Cruz and Contreras coming up the last weekend of the season like it was last year and torturing the Reds for two games. <laughs> You're right. That was something that I was I was a little bit surprised about, kind of seeing Cruz being quiet in this series for the yeah. most part. Um, but yeah, I noticed whenever Contreras wasn't on the probable starters, I was like, Whew. and to be Frank, I thought the Reds would win Graham Ashcraft's start. That was the game that they lost. And it was not necessarily Graham Ashcraft's fault. The bullpen blew it for him. But Graham Ashcraft is the second best pitcher that is healthy right now because you have Nick Lodolo, you have Graham Ashcraft, and then you have Justin Dunn and Mike Miner, which basically flip a coin with both those guys. And then a fifth start, like, you guys missed TJ Zoik. TJ Zoik didn't do much in his couple of starts for the Reds. I don't think anybody expected him to. And now there's a bullpen day until they figure out what's going on with Hunter Green, former Pirate Connor Overton. We just got an uh, update um, yesterday that he tweaked his hamstring as he is rehabbing, so it's going to push back a little bit. We're not going to see him till a week or two into September, which is a bummer to hear because he's been recovering from that back injury. But the best pitcher for the Reds is Nick Lodolo, and he's going to be pitching on Tuesday against the Phillies. Hopefully, I go back and forth on if I want to see Hunter Green again. Uh, he's he's uh, apparently throwing bullpen sessions, and they're going to see how well he can recover and if they're going to send him on a rehab start and then bring him back for maybe two or three more starts the rest of the way. I almost wouldn't mind if they just shut him down at this point because, kind of like you said with David Bednar, what's the point? I, I, I mean, I would like to see him get more work, but honestly, I'd like to see him begin his offseason plan now and build that changeup up and bring it into spring training next year and just let's let Lodolo and Ashcraft finish out the season. But overall, um, the Pirates did get one of the Reds' two best pitchers, but they were able to win that game. So that's where I looked at this series and I was just like, you have no idea what is going to happen? Because as soon as you know, the Pirates or the Reds uh, make you completely change your mind. Well, that and, I mean, you just didn't really get to see a lot of what these two teams had to offer right. really at all. I mean, O'Neill Cruz right now is being ruined by Andy Haynes, who was fired from Milwaukee last year, brought in here, and Christian Yelich is on the record as saying he was much happier when the guy left because he preaches of taking pitches, and that's not O'Neill Cruz. You guys saw in his debut when I was going crazy in the group chat and everything and on Twitter about when he came up, it's because he was going up to the plate and swinging the bat. Yeah. And if he doesn't swing the bat, O'Neill Cruz is just a six foot seven shortstop who could play a little defense. 
Like that that's scary that's a scary thought to have as a Pirates fan. Meanwhile, the Reds have their own six foot seven baby child who is listed as six five on MLB yeah. prospects and Ellie De La Cruz. Trust me, I'm gonna tell you this right now. Ellie De La Cruz ain't six five. Um, and that's where I was, that's where I was preaching though, about what the pirates and the reds have is the position players are there next year. Ellie De La Cruz is going to be up here. Pirates fans. We're going to have to deal with them. Noel V. Marte is going to be here. We're going to have to deal with them. I would even assume that Matt McLean is probably going to be here next year. You're probably going to have to deal with them. Meanwhile, for the reds fans, I'm sorry, but guess what? Leo Piguero is on the way. He's going to be a lot better. You're also talking about guys like Matt Gorski, Connor Scott, um, Matt Frazier, a lot of these other guys, Nick Gonzalez, G1 Bay, Mason Martin. I can name the position players all day. But Reds, I'm going to ask you as a Red fan, are you guys really that hyped on Brandon Williamson as helping the rotation that much? Um, I think I think of him as like a back end of the rotation type dude. Which, I mean, I don't think that that's really hard to develop into. Uh, His problem's been he's not been super consistent this year. He's kind of had some problems with walks and things like that, which is the last thing that I want to hear about a dude who's just coming up and making his debut because, as you saw with Justin Dunn on Saturday, he gave up four walks, and there was plenty of base runners and opportunities uh, for the Pirates. But I don't know. I I, I kind of don't hinge as much on – the pitching that's coming up as I do on the hitting. And I almost wouldn't mind if some of these dudes who are labeled as starters in the, in the minors right now end up turning into bullpen guys, because other than Alexis Diaz, the Reds don't have anybody that I trust to be the future of this bullpen. Yeah. And I agree. And I mean, for the pirates, they have a little bit more going on in the bullpen. So I'm looking more for starters. You have Michael Burrows, Cody Bolton and Quinn Priester. Those are the guys that come to mind immediately. But that's not to get it done. I'm sorry. Mm. It's not. From what I know about Michael Burroughs, Cody Bolton, and Quinn Priester, Quinn Priester, sure. You throw Contreras, Priester, and Keller in there together, that's awesome. One, two, three, tandem. Or what happens with the other two things? You know what I mean? Right. And I also, Reds fans, I need him to come up next year so that I can have fun when we and Jeff do these crossovers again. I need Christian and Carnacion Strand to come up to this team so we could say that on this podcast multiple times and see who messes it up first christian and garnacion strand gonna be a lot of fun there's a couple of dudes that i don't know that they'll be up next year but um a couple of really awesome names that are coming through the red system that i hope make it to the major leagues because i want to say the names of daniel veoheen and leonardo balcazar a bunch so we'll, we'll see if that happens but i want to play a game with you we're going to do kind of a quick hits thing slash uh, looking ahead thing, future predicting thing uh, coming up here in just a moment where we look at players on this roster and how much of a contribution, if at all, we expect in the future Reds-Pirates matchups uh, moving forward. Before we get into that, though, you can follow us on Twitter. In between these podcasts, we have plenty of takes that we like to put on the Twitter verse. You can follow Ethan at MVP underscore Ethan, and you can follow me at Jeff Carr with three F's. You can also follow my co-host, Steve Offenbaker, who's out today. He'll be back tomorrow at S Offenbaker with two F's instead of the three F's that are mine. 
Uh, and, and thanks again for checking out our crossover edition as we recap this Reds Pirates series where the Reds took two out of three and everybody kind of looked back as it is as well. well that's over now. So we'll see you in Great American Ballpark for four games in a couple of weeks. But let's look ahead. And not necessarily just to those four games, but let's look ahead to 2023, 2024. Um, who are going to be some guys? Let, let's say, give me three guys that are going to be a staple, consistent part of the Pirates team. Let's say 2024, because next year is still kind of a prove-it year for the Reds. I think that the Pirates are going to be better next year, and I continue to believe that. But uh, who are three guys that you expect to be consistent uh, contributors for the Pirates in a couple of years? That are on the roster right now? Let's play those, say, top prospects, too, because that'll say something about how you think their development goes. Uh, well, I mean, Cruz, Hayes, and Reynolds is definitely where you have to go right now. I mean, okay. Brian Reynolds, Reynolds is your... Okay. Yeah, he'll still be here, I think. I don't see any reason for him to leave, especially with the passion he's shown towards the Pirates, saying he's tired of this team being terrible. Like He, he wants to win here. I I really firmly believe that. I already mentioned Lee over Piguero next year. You're looking at a guy like Andy Rodriguez, who has shot up prospect boards recently. He's still listed as a catcher, but the guy just started at second base the other day in a game in Altoona. <laughs> so nobody really knows where he's going to play either. You're looking at Malcolm Nunez, who you got in the um, in the Jose Quintana trade. Travis Swaggerty, the verdict's still out on him. Matt Gorski, Kanan Smith and Jigba is going to return. Rodolfo Castro looks like kind of like a legit switch hitting power bat. Shockingly, it feels like with him too. It feels like he's so much older than he is. He's 22 years old. Mm-hmm. Seems like he's been here forever. And I'm like, okay, well, Rodolfo Castro can go on that list too. Other than that, I mean, Michael Chavis, I think, will be a good supplemental uh, supplemental energy guy. You're looking at Jack Sawinski as a guy who will eventually come back. Henry Davis, of course, being the number two overall prospect in the system now. Or actually, I believe he's number one still. Yeah, he's still number one. Termar Johnson is number two, which cannot wait until in 2028 when it's Cam Collier versus Termar Johnson every single huge... other day. Yeah, that was a huge – I think that was the, the main – early guy that everybody loved in the picks was Tamar Johnson. And then they love Cam Collier for the Reds falling all the way down to 18. I still don't know how that happened and I'm still very happy that it did. But yeah, I think um, in a couple of years for the Red Legs, as of people who are currently on the roster right now, obviously India and Stevenson and Ashcraft, Lodolo and Green are going to be there. Um, I, I think Alexis Diaz, although I will continue to say for any reliever, and as much as I love Alexis Diaz, relief pitching is a fickle thing. Today you might strike out the side, and tomorrow you might give up five runs. It's just relief pitching so weird like that. But I think that he's good enough he's going to avoid those crazy swings up and down early on in his career because I think he and his brother have a pretty similar trajectory as to how good they are and how good Alexis Diaz is going to be. So I think he'll be a part of this team. Um, I definitely think Ellie De La Cruz, I don't think he'll be up opening day next year, but I think later on next year, maybe August, something like that, they'll bring him up because he is just, he acclimates to every level that he goes to. Like he started in double A and I think his first week, I think he hit 200. And then the next three weeks he hit like 400. It's just something about him. It takes him a second and then he's up and then he, he just absolutely mm-hmm. dominates. Um, He'll definitely be a huge part of this team in 2024. Uh, you're looking at 
Matt McLean for sure. We actually just had a great interview. Steve got the chance to talk with Matt McLean, and that was really uh, eye-opening. He is a smart dude that just understands everything that's going on in the organization, but also understands his role and understands like he's got to prove it if he's going to be a shortstop like he thinks he will. I wonder, speaking of shortstop, I wonder about Jose Barrero. I, I, I'm still the the verdict is still out for me because he's still got to prove it at the plate. He had that nice walk-off hit the other day against the Phillies to salvage the series and not see the Reds get swept. But overall, he's still very inconsistent and still very susceptible to the breaking ball alone away, which that's basically derailed any sort of career Aristides Aquino might have had, is that he he just never learned how to lay off that pitch. So I, I look at that and I wonder about him a little bit. But yeah, uh, Spencer Steer is another guy. I actually have an interview coming up with him. Steve uh, got the chance to talk with him over the weekend. That's coming up actually tomorrow on uh, the YouTube page and on the audio feed. But there, there's quite a few guys. And then, of course, um, Williamson, I think, will be up. Uh, Levi Stout, the guy uh, that the Reds got for the Mariners as part of the Luis Castillo deal. Noevi Marte, of course. Edwin Arroyo is going to be too young. He'll probably be up 2020, late 2024, maybe 2025. But there's definitely, there's so much young talent between these two ball clubs. And I, I, I want, before we kind of close out, I want to do a rapid fire thing because I think that the Reds are still figuring this out. There's still going to be some guys that get another year to kind of prove that they're going to be on their roster. I want to hear from you because there was a couple of dudes that I saw in these lineups that I'm like, are these going to be key parts of the pirates in the future? And just give me a yes or no with maybe like a one line thing to Cooper Marcano. Yes. Um, Left-handed contact bat. Yes. He's going to be here. Greg Allen. No, I don't think so. He'll be here. Maybe one or two more years. Nick Padlow. No stop gap because Hayes is hurt. Okay. Um, uh, there's one other. Oh, well, and and even though I know that you said he was the player of the of the series, how much longer is Kevin Newman going to be around? It really just depends on how long they want to keep him and if they get a trade that blows him away. I know the Yankees have apparently reportedly been in on him for the last two off seasons, so maybe they'll be interested in him again. Who knows? But if not, I'm okay with keeping him here for as long as he wants to be here and as long as he keeps hitting around the 280 mark and playing good defense. I'll keep the guy. And is Derek Shelton the man to lead this team back to the playoffs? No. Because I also don't exact, know that about David Bell. I don't know that at, about David At this exact moment, no, but also I have no choice but to believe in him because on 93.7 The Fan, Ben Charrington said that he would be back in 2023, no matter what happens the rest of the year. Or that he hopes that he is back, which basically means he's going to be back. Because I don't think anybody else would really offer him a managerial job. So, right. yeah, David, David Bell's still got it. another year too. It, not even something that he's got to be told he'll be back. But I, I just I don't put a lot of the blame on him. But I also am with the people that are like, okay, well, if you don't blame him for this, at least at least answer me this question: Is David Bell the manager of this team when they're a playoff team again? And I just haven't seen anything to say yes or no on that. And I yeah, I kind of to lean toward no. Yeah, yeah, and that's the thing. That's the Derek Shelton dilemma is, albeit the team is bad, but there have been some times where you're like, okay, this decision's kind of a little off. And if we're competing and you're making this kind of decision, it might not mean nothing now, 
But if you're like a game out of the wild card or a game out of the division and you make this kind of decision, that's the end of your season or not mm-hmm. kind of thing. So I think that's how I look at it. I think that's how a lot of Pirates fans look at it is, okay, let's not have our bullpen pitch two innings every time they go out there. Like, let's not have a reliever go out there for two innings every single time. Yeah. But I can't speak for David Bell. I only see what I see when he faces us. So, yeah, that's um, it's still a still a question. And I think at this point, if you have questions about that about a manager, it's it's kind of its own answer in and of itself. But we'll see. We'll see how that goes for next year. However, that's going to do it for us here on this edition of the Locked On Reds, Locked On Pirates crossover. We'll have another one coming as the Reds and Pirates are back at it again in a couple of weeks at Great American Ballpark. Like I said, a four-game series in three days, so that's going to be a a whirlwind thing. That week, by the way, because I was looking at the schedule at this, that week, Monday through Sunday, they play the uh, Pirates, and then they play the Cardinals. They play nine games in seven days because they have a five-game series in four days against the Cardinals. I don't know what on earth the Reds are going to look like after that week because you're talking about a team that's already short on starting pitchers, and you're going to have two doubleheaders in a week. Like, ooh, Sounds like it's going to be a fun time. That's going to be, yeah, there's going to be a lot of talk about that week. There's there's still plenty to talk about with both of our teams. Make sure that you're following the Locked On Pirates and the Locked On Reds podcasts as we have you covered every single day. Thanks in part, in large part, to um, uh, Ethan for joining us here today. And we missed Steve. He'll be back tomorrow. And uh, thank you for watching, for listening. If this is your first time, subscribe, follow, make sure you hit the bell so you can be notified whenever new things come up on the YouTube page. But... We will talk to every single one of you. And and by the way, check out Sully, Locked On MLB. Sully's got you covered league-wide with his unique perspective and plenty of humor as well as he relates everything in the world back to something uh, from an 80s sitcom or something like that when it comes to Major League Baseball. That's Locked On MLB, just like Locked On Reds and Locked On Pirates, free and available on all platforms. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.